Well, good morning. Great to see you all here this morning. Um, what a great idea. Let's give out lots of bags of Doritos right before I'm about to speak, because that'll be not distracting at all to hear all the rustling and crunching for the next 20 minutes. I know, I know. So, Well, good morning. Welcome to Connect on our very unique service this morning, Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, we encourage everyone to wear their football jerseys today, and well done. You all did. I'm wearing my football jersey here. Go England. Um, yeah, well done, all you football fans. So we actually had a bit of a hard time. We wanted to make sure that you you remembered uh, to wear your football jersey. So I don't know if you saw on Instagram or Facebook, we put this picture up yesterday. It says, wear your football jersey. We want to remind you, we actually had a really hard time creating that graphic because every time we tried to search for a picture of the Patriots shirts to put in the, the graphic, all we could find was this. So uh, apparently this is the Patriots uh, team, team wear there. So I, I, I'm sorry, if you're a Patriots fan here this morning, I, I don't mean to um, diss on you, but I'm afraid I've got to be honest with you, uh, as an Englishman, I will have a hard time cheering for a team that were named after the idea that um, you Patriots kicked out England two or three hundred years ago. So now we, uh, uh, we call you the New England rebels or renegades, but you can say Patriots if, if that's what you want to say. So... Um, when it comes to the Super Bowl, every year I have a confession to make. Um, I love the game. I love watching the game. But I'm the guy who uses the restroom during the game so I don't miss the commercials. Um, I want to make sure I'm back for the commercials. I just love the commercials on Super Bowl Sunday. And we've done this a few times before here at Connect. Uh, we always try and do some kind of Super Bowl-themed service. And um, we've, we've looked at uh, uh, the message through the eyes of some different commercials. And that's exactly what we're going to do here this morning, the title the message is 30 seconds theology because 30 seconds is all those commercials have to spread their message and we're going to share our message this morning we're going to use some commercials to help spread that message so to kick it all off here's a sneak peek of a commercial that will feature in tonight's game let's reheat pasta reheating pasta it's cool right yeah i didn't know you guys put alexa in a microwave yeah we're putting her in a lot of stuff now but trust me there are a lot of fails like, like what? Like... Alexa, play my podcast. When you heard that, did that surprise Bart seems exciting. We made an Alexa dog collar. Four dogs. Ordering dog food. Ordering dog food. You can bark all you want. I'm not paying for any more dog food. Ordering gravy. Ordering sausages. Hey, you better cancel that order. Alexa hot tub? A sucked. Alexa, play music. Okay. And then there was the incident. Wait, that, that was you guys. I don't know, was it? She says she's doing it, but I don't see anything to you. Holy. I'm not talking to you. You gotta love Harrison Ford. I mean, any commercial with him is gonna be a good commercial, so. But 
for me, okay, I just, I just love the creativity. I love the, the, the magnitude of these commercials on Super Bowl Sunday. And um, commercials are interesting things, aren't they? Because not all commercials are created equal. Tonight, you're going to watch them, and some of them, you're going to leave wondering afterwards, what was that that I just watched? Some you're going to see, they're going to try to be funny, but you're like, yeah, that wasn't that funny. Um, some will have a big name celebrity, and you'll be like, the only thing that stood out in that commercial was the person that was in it. And then there'll be some that will leave you wishing that you hadn't agreed to let the kids come and watch the game with you when that commercial plays. Thank you, GoDaddy, for that one. But um, some commercials that play tonight will end up being every advertiser's dream. Because there will be at least one commercial that will play tonight during the big game that tomorrow morning at work, everyone will be talking about. As the week goes on, did you see that commercial? Did you see that? And, and that's their dream, isn't it? That's their plan, is that it'll just stand out enough from all the others that, that you'll be focusing in and you'll be talking about that commercial. Those companies will be so happy, they'll consider it money well spent if you're talking about that commercial. Because it's tough. It's a tough job for these advertisers to create the kind of commercial that will generate that kind of buzz in the office place on a Monday morning. You only have 30 seconds in which to tell a compelling story. So some will use special effects, some will use humor, some will use celebrities, and some will, well, some will just use a classic song because they know that this song will just resonate with you. It'll get stuck in your head and that's what'll sell this product. A little bit like this commercial. All right, so that wasn't actually a Super Bowl commercial. That was in a commercial for uh, Cadbury's Milk Chocolate, uh, chocolate from England, the best chocolate in the whole wide world. Um, but that particular commercial uh, was for all you out there this morning that love chocolate, but also all of you out there that just love that Phil Collins song. And whenever it comes on, you stop whatever you're doing just so you can be ready for that one moment in the song where you can go and do your air drums to the, the spot right in the middle of the song. Great idea, catchy idea, and again, it drew our attention, didn't it? But here's the problem that every company faces when it comes to advertising. Here's the, the problem that companies tonight will spend $5.2 million for 30 seconds to try and solve. You see, the problem these companies face is that they have a product they want to sell in an environment where there's so much noise. So many other products, so much business in life, so much stuff going on that they want to draw your attention in 30 seconds to their item because they want you to choose their thing. Well, here at Connect, we have, um, it's, it's more than just a product. It's a story that we, we feel God put us here to tell. 
A story that we think is an incredible story. A story that's a life-changing story. And ever since we began, this is the story we've been trying to communicate on a regular basis here in Washington. But what we've realized is that sometimes that story can get drowned out. It can get drowned out in the noise and the busyness of life. But it's such a shame because the story has the power to change your and my life forever. So like these advertisers who only have 30 seconds to, to tell their story this morning, I'm going to take 30 seconds, or maybe a little bit more than 30 seconds, but I'm going to take um, the time I have this morning to tell you the story because I don't want you to miss amongst the noise the importance of this story because it could change your life forever. The story begins, you can read about it in Scripture. It begins with the fact that God created this incredible world that we're all a part of. But he didn't create it to look like this. He didn't create it with, with brokenness and disease and suffering. He created it beautiful and perfect and clean. That was God's plan from the beginning to create this incredible, beautiful world in which we find ourselves. And his original plan wasn't the brokenness that we see, but it was the beauty and this clean, perfect world that he created. Just a typical Super Bowl car ad. Right? Or a hilarious beer ad. <laughs> or whatever ad this is. Whatever. But it's a Tide ad. What? It's a Tide ad. What makes it a Tide ad? There are no stains. Look at those clean clothes. What else would this be an ad for? Diamonds? A gift that lasts for a no time. It's time for a cold refresh. Tie that. Fall into the sleep of no. you. No. Tide. No. Tie that. Extreme. No. Tide. Tide. Meet the all new. No, it's a Tide ad. Tide. So, does this make every Super Bowl ad a Tide ad? I think it does. Watch and see. If it's clean, it's got to be Tide. This is the laundry detergent that gets everything clean and spotless. And, and that was the way God created this world to be, clean and spotless and pure. But then something changed, something went wrong. I've got a good friend, his name's Mark, and uh, we got lot, Casey and I had lots of good stories about Mark. He's just one of these guys that just things are always happening to, and I can remember one time, Casey and I and Mark, we went out, we were actually going to go to this church service together, and we were early, so we stopped to get dinner at this restaurant in this town we were at, and it was an Italian restaurant, and Mark ordered a big plate of spaghetti, and that night, Mark was wearing a brand new clean white shirt. So uh, you can tell where this story is going. So when the, the plate arrives, he looks, he realizes we've got a whole evening ahead of us. So he grabs the big cloth napkin that one would normally set on their laps, and he tucks his into his shirt, and it's basically covering his entire shirt. We're like, Mark, you look like an idiot. He's like, I don't care. I just, I know what I'm like. I don't want any of this spaghetti on my shirt. So there he is, and, and he eats his entire meal, cleans his whole plate, not a single drop on his shirt, on his napkin. I was like, dude, 
You didn't even need to put the napkin there. Look at you, you did a really good job. You didn't spill any. He's like, I know, that's unlike me. Normally I, I will make a mess. He takes his napkin off, he pulls it up, puts it on his plate. He says, yeah, he goes, normally I, I would always spill. And as he said this, his knife and fork were on the plate and he put his hands down and he hit the edge of the knife and fork and they spun up in the air. And we're sitting opposite, watching this happen in slow motion as his knife and fork like hit his shirt, <laughs> bounced back onto the table. I mean, he could have eaten 10 plates of spaghetti and not got that much stain <laughs> that he did in that moment with that knife and fork after he'd taken the napkin off. So we went on to the church service and Casey and I sat somewhere else. We didn't want to sit with Mark because he looked stupid. If I remember, he went to the bathroom, he goes, I'll go and wash it off in the bathroom. Do you know what us guys are like? We go in, we get one of those paper towels, and all we do is like basically smear it. So he just, I mean, it's basically a pink shirt after that. He'd spread it everywhere. But isn't it frustrating when you do spill and, and you look in the mirror and just straight away, what do you see? You see that stain. It doesn't matter if it's small or large. Your eyes are drawn to it straight away because it's a blemish. It's, it's taken that clean new shirt, that tied clean, and there's a stain right in the middle. You know, when Adam and Eve chose to disobey God and, and not to follow the direction he laid out before them, this stain came upon this beautiful, clean earth that God had created. A stain that was then passed on from generation to generation, a stain that you and I inherit now in our lives without any say in the matter. The Bible has a word for that stain. It calls it sin. And that sin separates us from a God who loves us so much a God who desperately wants a relationship with us. Paul, um, a guy in the New Testament, he would write to, to different churches and encourage them and give them guidance. And one of the groups of people he wrote to was in a city called Rome. And these, these people, this brand new church in Rome, they didn't really have any Christian heritage. This is all brand new to them, the Romans. So this book called Romans, this letter that he wrote to them, is talking all about what it means to be a follower of Jesus. So he's really kind of laying it out for them. And in Romans 3, verse 23, very early on, he just kind of paints this picture of what this stain looks like. He says, for everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. That means you and me this morning, we've all fallen short of this glorious standard because every one of us has a stain, has a stain that the, the Bible calls sin. In fact, in the Old Testament, there's a prophet, his name is Isaiah, and he talks about our efforts to try and undo that, to try and fix that problem, and how futile they are. In Isaiah 64, verse 6, he says, we are all infected and impure with sin. When we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. Filthy rags that not even tide itself could get clean. This prophet is saying that not only are we stained by this thing called sin, that when we try hard to, to outdo that, to try and be good enough, to try and do enough good things, that, that in God's eyes, they're, they're almost like filthy rags. Those good deeds, those things we try to do, because it'll never be enough. But for generations, we've been trying. We've been trying to figure out how we can bridge that separation between us and God. What laws should we obey? What, what bad things should we stop doing and, and cross off our lists? What good things should we start doing? What sacrifices should we make in our own strength to try and bridge that gap between us and God? But no matter how hard we try, even though all of these are commendable things, doing good, avoiding doing bad, coming to church each Sunday, whatever it might be, 
no matter how commendable they are, when we try to be a good person, when we try to do what's right, that gap still exists between us and God. Because we discover that what we're doing is okay, but the okay sometimes is not okay. Have you ever worked with Dr. Francis? Oh yeah, he's okay. Just okay? Guess who just got reinstated? Well, not officially. Nervous? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Don't worry about it, we'll figure it out. I'll see you in there. Just okay is not okay. Hey. Hey, how you doing? Uh, Phil, are you guys good with brakes? We're okay. Just okay? We got a saying here. The brakes don't stop it, something will. That's not a real saying. It is around here. I wrote it. Just okay is not okay. First tattoo? Yeah. Relax, amigo, it's gonna look okay. Only okay? No worries, boss. I'm one of the tattoo artists in the city. You mean one of the best tattoo artists in the city, right? Something like that, yeah. Uh, aren't you supposed to draw it first? Stay in your lane, bro. Just okay is not okay, especially when it comes to your network. AT&T is America's best wireless network, according to America's biggest test. Stay in your lane, bro. <laughs> Love those commercials. But what an interesting thought. Just okay is not okay. When it comes to that gap that separates us from God because of that, that stain called sin, we can try really hard to be good enough. We can try and do as, as many good things as possible. But at the end of the day, just okay is not okay. It doesn't bridge that gap. And God knows this. And because he loves you and because he loves me so much, he realized that he would have to take matters into his own hands. He would have to come up with a solution to bridge that gap. He would have to come up with a solution for us to find a relationship with him. And Paul, in writing to that church in Rome, explains that solution in Romans chapter 5, verse 8. He says, God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. I love that verse. That's the very heart of this story that we tell here at Connect is that even before you and I had figured this out, even while we were still living as what Paul calls sinners, God loved us so much that he created the solution. He made a decision to send his one and only son for you and for me to die, to be sacrificed in our place. If you're here this morning wondering whether or not God really loves you, then you need to know he did that for you. He loved you and me so much that he was willing to sacrifice his son. I mean, think about it. It's one thing to say you love someone, but it's another thing altogether to demonstrate that love for someone by, by sacrificing, by showing how much you love that person. There's nothing like sacrificial love, is there? There's nothing like the demonstration of sacrificial love. And that's what God did for you and me when he sent Jesus. And I came across another commercial that really illustrates the power of sacrificial love. This, this commercial was from Hong Kong, but I think it'll really tell the story well. Check it out. Daddy is the sweetest daddy in the world. Daddy is the most handsome. 
the smartest. The most clever. The kindest. He is my Superman. Daddy wants me to do well at school. Daddy is just great, but... He lies. He lies about having a job. He lies about having money. He lies that he's not tired. He lies that he's not hungry. He lies that we have everything. He lies about his happiness. He lies because of me. Powerful message, huh? Of what sacrificial love looks like. What love can drive you to, to give up for someone that you care so deeply about. When I came across that commercial, I, I knew it would tie in so well with talking about the idea of God loving us so much that he was willing to sacrifice his only son. But as I watched the commercial, I got to thinking about the little girl. I got to wondering, I wonder what her response will be now that she knows the, the story of what her dad's going through, I wonder if she'll just think, oh, that's pretty cool. I don't think so. I, th I think probably she'll, she'll work harder at school knowing how much her dad is having to work to, to provide her with the opportunity to go to school. I wonder if she'll work harder at school thinking, you know, one day if I work hard enough, I can graduate and get a good job and then I can give back to my dad because he's given so much to me. 
I wonder if just at this age, the, the, the best thing she could do was just write that poem to express how grateful and how much she loves her dad for all that he does for her. But it got me thinking about us this morning. When we understand the wonderful sacrifice that God made for us, what's our response going to be? How will we respond when we see something visual like that that almost illustrates the, the price that God was willing to pay for us? What would our response be? Paul gives us an idea of what our response could be in that same letter to that church in Rome. In Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 10 and verse 13, he says this. He says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it's by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's as simple as your response could be this morning. Understanding the great sacrifice that God paid in sending his son Jesus to die in your place, your response this morning can either be to sit back and think, oh well, or you can say, God, I, I, I wanna show my, my thanks. I wanna respond to that sacrifice this morning. And that response could be as simple as confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believing in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Making that step to say, I wanna be a follower of Jesus. Maybe you've been coming to Connect for a while now, and that's awesome, and you've heard the, the, the teaching each week about the Bible and about what it looks like to live as a follower of Jesus, and, and you enjoy coming to church, but you've yet to actually cross that line and make that decision and say, I want to follow Jesus. I want to respond to that sacrificial love by making the decision to follow him. Today could be that day. Wouldn't it be great if today you, you said that prayer? At some point today, you say, God, I don't want to just attend church. I want to know what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus. I want you to be the Lord of my life, to live within me. What a great day to accept Jesus into your heart. Super Bowl Sunday. Months and years to come, people can see the, the change in your life and they can ask about it and say, well, it's because I've given my life to Jesus. And I remember the day it happened. It was that Super Bowl Sunday. They'll say, which one? You'll say, you remember the one where the Rams beat the Patriots? It was a great day. Maybe that won't be what you'll say. But this could be the day that you make that decision. I hope and pray that you'll, you'll cross that line. You'll make that decision to say, I don't want to just be an attender at Connect Church. I want to be a follower of Jesus. I don't want this just to be a part of my life. I want this to be all of my life. Today would be a great day to pray that prayer. Now, maybe you've been coming to Connect for a while. Maybe you've already crossed that line. Maybe you've already prayed that prayer and you've, you've made that decision to ask Jesus into your heart. And if that's you this morning, that's fantastic. But I can't let you go this morning without giving you a little bit of a challenge as well. Because when you asked Jesus into your heart, when you made that decision to follow him, it wasn't just a simple one step and, and then it was over. God has a plan for your life now. A plan for you to make a difference in the world in which you live. And thanks to State Farm, I've got a challenge for you as well. Check this out.
neighborhoodofgood.com to volunteer in your community. Don't let me down. You know, if you're here this morning, you're a follower of Jesus. We've been called by Jesus himself to be what he said um, is salt and light. He was talking to the crowds one day and he, he explained that we are to be salt and light in the world in which we live. What he meant by that is, is the fact that, you know, salt changes the flavor of the food we eat, doesn't it? Light will, will brighten a dark room. And, and Jesus was saying as followers of, of him in the world in which we live, we should change the flavor of the world in which we live. We should brighten the room that we're a part of. You see, I think Jesus had this plan for us to help this broken world to bring the beauty back, to help restore it to that original place of perfection that God had always intended it to be. But we can look at all the brokenness and the pain and the suffering of the world in which we live and think, can I really make a difference? Will my one small thing make a difference in this big, bad world? And you might be right this morning, but isn't that the point of this commercial? There's a lot going on around us. We can't fix everything, but maybe there's one thing we can. Maybe we can make the difference in the life of one person, in one area. Maybe it's mentoring. Maybe it's working with a, um, uh, a kid who's in crisis. Maybe it's, it's serving in some, some capacity. Maybe it's something here at Connect or something in the community. It could even be just giving, just financially, living a little sacrificially so that you can support um, something locally or globally. But we can all make a difference. What's your one thing today? The one thing that you can do in response to the great sacrifice and love that God showed us. I said at the beginning, didn't I, that Connect has been trying to tell this story. We have this wonderful story to tell. And, and it's hard sometimes in the noise and the busyness of life. But we think it's a life-changing story. And we'll tell this story every single week. Because we want everyone in this community and the, the surrounding areas, we want everyone in the world to hear this incredible story. And if that story could be summed up in one phrase, it would be this, changed lives, changing lives. 
changed lives, changing lives. That's what this is all about. In this room this morning, there are, there are people whose lives have been changed because of a decision they made to follow Jesus. And it didn't stop there. Then, then because their lives were changed, they're now involved in, in ways that they're changing others' lives. And that's this wonderful gospel message, this story that, that we tell on a regular basis. So I hope and pray on this Super Bowl Sunday that in some way today, you will respond. Maybe today you'll experience that changed life that only God himself can bring. Or maybe today you'll make that decision to be a part of changing others' lives in his name. But one way or another, I hope you respond. Let's pray. Father, as the title of the message suggests, 30 Second Theology, these commercials, they have a short period of time to try and present their message. Father, we have such a powerful message, such an incredible message of your redeeming love, your, your sacrificial love, what you did for us. We don't want that message to get lost in the busyness and the, the hustle and the bustle and the noise of life itself. This morning in this room, I pray for those here listening that they would know how much you love them, how great a sacrifice you made for us. Lord, I pray that wherever we find ourselves this morning, in some way we would respond. Whether that response is stepping out for the first time and saying, I want to follow Jesus, or whether as a follower of Jesus, we step out to say, I want to serve him in some, some capacity in the world in which I live. But help us to respond. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.